0: so this week we'll talk about marketing ourselves and we have a special guest today sean wang and also known as swix did i pronounce it correctly swix Yes, yeah (laughs) (laughs) so sean is a developer pm and angel investor who is active in the development community and he is frequent speaker and writer and I bet you already know him from uh, his uh, learn in public movement that he advocates. So welcome. Thanks uh, for coming today.
1: Thanks for having me. I've been hanging out in the Data Talks Slack and been getting a lot of questions on the book. And uh, it's, it's been really great just uh, sharing thoughts on these things. I don't think we discuss this stuff enough as developers, you know, because it's soft, but um, it is as important as coding.
0: Yeah. I do agree. That's why I thought it's a really great idea to reach out to you, and I was very happy when you said yes. You want to have uh, to 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 join our podcast. That's that's great. So before we go into our main topic of marketing ourselves, let's start with your um, background. Uh, Can you tell us about your career journey so far?
1: Sure. I used to. So I'm originally from Singapore, um, and I moved to the states. For college and my first career was in finance. So I did everything from central banking to investment banking to hedge funds. Um, if, if anyone is familiar with the finance industry, that is a grand tour of everything there is to do in the finance industry. Uh, and eventually, uh, part, of, part of the way that you level up in finance is that you learn to code in order to uh, run quantitative models and risk management and pricing and all that. Um, So that's what I did. uh, And I realized that that was something I wanted to do and was better at than the finance part. Um, So I eventually did a career switch at age 30 uh, and started over as a junior from scratch, you know, went to boot camp, did free code camp and everything. um, And, uh, you know, worked my way through the ranks. I did, I joined Two Sigma as a front-end engineer. Then uh, I got noticed by Netlify. Uh, That's when I started really doing the learning public stuff uh, because, um, New York City is, is just a really good place to, to do speaking, as well as I started blogging about React as well. And uh, yeah, so I worked at Netlify, did that for two years, and then joined AWS. Uh, and I recently left AWS to uh, be Head of Developer Experience at Temporal.io, which I can also talk about for anyone interested in the data processing field, because um, we also have interesting stuff going on there. But that's the recap of the, of the journey. Mm-hmm. Um last year in between jobs, I essentially wrote down like a book of career advice. Because as much as my writing on, on like React and Svelte and JavaScript have, has been popular, uh, the most popular stuff has, has been the non-technical stuff. Mm-hmm. So I decided to just like write down everything that I have absorbed and practice. Um, I have resources that I collect a lot uh, because I, I am a part of this movement called Building a Second Brain. So I have my second brain. And essentially the coding career handbook, which is the book that I wrote. Is uh, my second brain of fifteen hundred links and resources and tweets and advice that I've collected from other people. So I'm not saying (laughs) yeah, I'm not saying that I'm the authority, but like you know, I kind of use borrowed authority from other people. Um, But it's it was a really good exercise to to write, and I think it's resonated with a lot of people because there's a gap in the market between uh, people learning how to code and cracking the interview. And then they get they get past the interview they get the job and then they're like now what um, and there's a huge gap between that and being a senior and everyone only wants to hire seniors so uh, my goal is to try to help people level up from junior to senior um, and I you know I also work in developer relations so uh, this this topic of marketing is, is, a, is a big one for people because mm-hmm. uh, according to, to this survey that I, that I saw you know uh, most developers understand that there is some value to marketing they just don't see themselves doing it. They, they see other people doing it and they see it. They're like, oh, they, this person's already internet famous. That's not for me. Um, and so part of what I'm trying to do here is to dispel that notion that there is some level, like you don't have to be internet famous, but there's some level of self-marketing that you should do because otherwise people are not going to know what you did or how good you are.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. And, uh... What I noticed from what you said, so you started in finance and you worked as a quant, right? some uh, quantitative analytics, and then you also now joined Temporal I.O., which is a data processing company. So you're a lot closer to data than I thought.
1: Well, I mean, so I work on the front end of that company, right? So uh, <laughs> still... I, don't, I don't know all the details, but yes. uh, uh <laughs> It can be used for data. We are not we're not fo- we're not focused on uh, just data, but we can talk about that you know, when when the time comes.
0: Yeah. So about marketing ourselves. So you are indeed one of the people I follow on Twitter for for this uh, for this stuff like marketing ourselves, uh, learning in public, and uh, I wanted to ask you. So why should we? market ourselves? Why is it important for our careers? I think you touched a bit uh, now, but maybe we can uh, expand it a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, I think there's there's a lot of whys and it's very personal. You know, what, Why do you do what you do? It's very different from why, why I do what I do. Um, so there's part of it, which is getting recognition for your skills and, and your work, right? The things that you deserve uh, and if you ever wondered why you didn't get that promotion or why someone else who seems to know less than you seems to do better as a career, um, it's perhaps because they're, they're marketing themselves better than you are. And that's an easy thing to fix because the hard thing is actually doing stuff. So, so I, I want people who you know have the quality and have the genuine skill to be able to represent themselves better so that they can get in front of the right opportunities and the right employers and uh do better for themselves um i think it also is there's some there's some public service as well in terms of um you know if you don't market yourself well then other people who are less shy about it (laughs) will put themselves out there and and get those opportunities and uh, maybe they're they won't do as good of a job as you might so i think that that's that's ultimately uh, the breakdown but I think people understand that at a bit at a, at a bare minimum um, when you market yourself well uh, you get more money essentially like <laughs> some kind of like lifetime opportunities that translate into earnings and uh, I think, I think that's just that's just a fundamental motivator for anyone
0: mm-hmm. yeah. so like any company, who cares about some internal KPIs? Uh, at the end, uh, what they care about is profit, right? Money. So this <laughs> is the same, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yes, uh, but also, and... also I think
1: you know this is uh, is I don't want to make it too commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what is when you when you create an open source project and you want people to use your stuff for free, you still have to market your open source project, and mm-hmm. that is a, a similar skill. Um, and yeah, whenever, whenever you're trying to uh, push an idea that you want to promote within the company, let's say, Hey, I want to switch to this other tech stack, or, um, I have this feature idea, which I think is really great. You have to market that idea. Uh, These are all parts of marketing yourself and, uh, they'll be affected by your credibility, but also your ability to market that idea. So there's just all related skills that you should practice and Mm -hmm. compound through the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, so basically, we want to do this because we want to get more recognition. Why we want to get more recognition? Because maybe we want to be promoted, right? So, uh, we have the technical skills, but uh, I know that many people, myself included, uh, in tech domain, it's difficult. Like, it's a lot easier to just code uh, rather than go and stay in front of people, say something, or even uh, just tweet tweeting is also difficult right so because you can start thinking mm, what people will think about me right uh, but compared to what we are doing as developers this is a lot easier right it's only 200 characters 280 characters right so it's uh, a lot easier than writing a big um, system right so we should use this opportunity and then maybe get that promotion or get a better job or get uh, Um, recognition, and if you're an open source author, people will find your library, right?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So um, we, I think, um, so in this case, like if you're doing this, uh, let's say for more job opportunities. um, So this is external, right? So this is you're working to be noticed outside of the company, right? And then there is a different kind of marketing, which is noticed inside the company. Right. Um, so maybe um, let's say I want to become better. I want to get some recognition outside of my company. I know how to code, right? so I am relatively good at this, uh, maybe better than some of my colleagues, maybe worse than some other, like an average developer. So what do I need to do to be better at personal marketing? So what kind of things I need to do? Mm-hmm.
1: That's a very broad question. So for those who don't know, there actually is a, I, basically when I wrote my book, I published this chapter for free um, and it was part of marketing for the book, which is very meta, <laughs> writing about marketing while marketing. Uh, but there is a graphic that I, that I send people, you know, where I, I basically try to break down the, where I see marketing in terms of personal branding, in terms of the domain that you pick, the business value that you can deliver, the tech skills that you have, and then picking, you know, the 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 channel which you're delivering to. So uh, whether you're you're talking about public marketing or uh, internal within work. Um, so you're talking about public marketing. Uh, it's it's still going to derive from those those primary factors, right? The the channel doesn't matter. You still need to understand what your personal brand is, and to be able to communicate that and tell that story effectively. Um, you need to understand what domain that you're. Picking and you're planting your flag on, you need to understand what business value you've delivered in the past and be able to tell that story, like you know, have numbers and have concise descriptions of the projects that you've, that you've had. Um, and then you need to work on your skills to, <laughs> to uh, do cool stuff and cover your bases. So there's, there's just so many details here. Um, like we can go into any one of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's say I already have some skills. Maybe I'm not to the, the, the top developer, but I know how to code, uh, let's say, I know Python or JavaScript, or it doesn't matter, like maybe I'm good at data, data science. Um, so let's say that uh, usually an average developer has, but uh, yeah, so you said the first thing was personal brand. So how do I find my personal brand as a, as an average data scientist or as an average uh, software engineer?
1: <laughs> well, first of all, you should not view yourself as average. I think that's uh-huh. starting, starting on the wrong foot. Um, so look for, look for anything about you that is not average. Um, and that could be anything about your identity, your, uh, your opinions. You know, if you're very opinionated about one particular thing, then be that person that, that is the champion for that movement in the industry. That's, that makes you stand out. And that's a, that's a personal brand. Uh, for example, actually a really cute way to think about whether you have a personal brand or not is can people make a meme of you? Can, can people like, you know, who are your friends make fun of you? If you if they can and everyone gets it, then you really have a personal brand. Uh, you know, it's it's a uh, because you say something so much or you are just so well known that uh, people feel comfortable making fun of you because uh, you know that you're not going to be offended because it's really something that you believe. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, and then there's there's other there's other things you know like um, having consistent photo and consistent naming. So uh, the reason so consistency is important because. You form brand impressions, and uh, this is something that is practiced at the highest levels of marketing, like Coca-Cola, Nike, and all these kind com- of companies. But consistency, right? We we spend so you know, millions of dollars making sure that like the the curve of stripes logo is always thirty five degrees. Um, we, <laughs> we you know we make sure that the, the color of Coca-Cola's red is always the same red. Um, the same way, in the same way, we can make sure in our own personal branding that the things that appear to other people are the same things that appear every single time. And because m- repeated impressions, some, some say between 17 and 14 times, that's how much it takes to imprint imprint upon somebody uh, that, you know, you, you stand for something. Um, so the, the reason why I, I actually think that people should go take a professional photo if they, if they can, uh, is because the photo is seen more than your actual face especially because all the communication is in Slack these days or in Twitter or uh, speaker notes and all that. Um, Your photo matters a lot. And and having a nice photo, having you smile to to somebody that you haven't met before, and having them just have a good general impression of you, I think that counts for something. Um, That is your digital storefront, in a sense. Uh, And they see that more than your name. So your name is the second uh, most seen thing. And sometimes you can just go by your regular name uh, sometimes that can be hard for people to remember. Um, and so for me, I happen to have my nickname, right? Swix, which is my English and Chinese initials. I happen to have had that since I was thirteen, So it's a unique name. I have the domain. It's, uh, I have the handle on most social media sites. It's a good, it's a good name. Some other people might actually uh, choose to brand themselves a different way. So I have a friend who was JavaScript Joe for a long time. So he was the JavaScript guy for his company uh, and within his network. And, and you can in the same way you can brand yourself some other way right uh, so like the uh there's another guy i know who's the entrepreneurial coder so he studies a mix of business and uh, development um you can you can just brand yourself in in a different way but like as long as people refer to you in the same way then that starts to compound and accumulate your branding um and that's that's a very strong brand as well um consistent keywords is also an interesting one so i have another friend David Korsheed, who shows up anytime the word state machine is mentioned, and so much, so much so that we make memes of him and make fun of him. But that's great that that is a really consistent brand because anytime someone has that problem, he comes to mind immediately. And that's, the, what, that's what you want to achieve. You want to achieve such a strong association with some important problem that you can solve, that you are the first to mind for someone. And first to mind is best uh <laughs> we don't really we don't really you know go out and survey the entire universe of 40 million developers and say like who's the best at this thing they just, we just think about you know the top three or five people that everyone thinks about and your goal as a personal branding person or a self-marketer is to get into that consideration set of three or five options and just do that enough so that you, your name just comes up and you get exposed to so many opportunities it's, it's amazing
0: Okay. So the first thing you said, stop thinking of yourself as average, right? So there's something you must be good at. Then the second thing, go get a professional picture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, a nice, or a nice picture or like a, a thing so that you'll Not you'll, in
0: front of a fridge, right? You, uh, don't,
1: you don't have to use your real face, by the way. Some people are not comfortable with that, but you can just use a logo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so Sebastian Markvogel, nobody knows what he looks like, but he uses an eucalyptus plant and he's used that for the past 10 years. That's fine. He's the ukulele, guy. That's that's his, that's his face. Uh, as long as it's consistent.
0: Okay. So then being consistent. And then you said uh, you need to appear at least, I don't know. I don't remember the number 60 or 80 times. before. Seven to 14. Started.
1: This I, I picked this
0: up from the digital marketing guy. Who knows? So it means that we need all of the above that we just said, plus write at least, I don't know, uh, 80 tweets, impressions. Right? Yeah, uh, they're,
1: they're not you know the same way that people do marketing on you, like they retarget you and like try to make their brand show up in front of you multiple times. Um, that's how you're going to be to other people. We work the same way. Why? Why are we different than brands? We okay. are brands.
0: Yeah. So how do we do this? So okay, picture is clear. So we just get go pay somebody to take a picture, a professional picture of us with the name. It's also somewhat clear. So it's either given by our parents or maybe a nickname. But what to write about, what to tweet about? How do, you, yeah, do I find that? That's text? more about the
1: domain, exactly. Um, I, I actually want to double down on the picture thing. It's mm-hmm. actually, you, you, like, you have no idea how, how often I get this comment where I'll be the same picture on Discord, YouTube, GitHub, uh, and Twitter, right? And people will say like, hey, you're the guy from where from YouTube, or you're the guy from Discord, or you're the guy from Twitter. And they really form a strong emotional connection to you, even though you barely know them. That's great because they just see you so often. It's it's, it's really nice. So um, that's that's how it works for you. And, and I really wanna emphasize that consistency and repetition. Okay, let's talk about domain. Um, so yeah, picking a domain, that's something that comes from you. Like what do you particularly work on and are interested in? I think uh, people might have a, a bit of decision fatigue because you could be interested in a in hundred different things. So uh, the advice I normally give here is that uh, realize that when you pick something, you're not closing doors. You're not saying I will not do anything else for the rest of my life. You're just saying, this is what I'm currently interested in. And you're allowed to change. Uh, but having some top topic uh, is much better than just saying, I'm equally interested in a bunch of in like 10 different things. Uh, that's, that's not... Branding—that's not—that's not a good way to market yourself because I don't know what your trigger point is. So I can't say like you're my whatever person, like you're my—I uh, I, don't—you're <laughs> my data warehouse guy. Okay, you know, like uh, if if that's your thing and you know everything about it, you're like in all the all the conversations, um, you can't stop talking about it. Like I'll just I'll just like mention the topic and you can go for on a podcast for one hour. Um, that is your domain. And that's that's great. And then I can use you as, as my expert. Um, I can send people your way if they're also interested in learning more. That's how marketing works. You have to pick a domain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think people refusing to pick a domain is out of their fear of closing doors. And they should realize that people change domains all the time and it's totally fine. But just, just pick one.
0: And how niche should it be? Like how broad or uh, niche, the, the niche?
1: The niche uh, should be should not be too niche. There is such a thing as too niche, but obviously the the narrower the better, because you should prove some kind of expertise, and it's hard to prove expertise in a very broad domain, right? Like, let's just say like you want to pick expertise in Python. Okay, you're going up against you know David Beasley and and uh get, get, uh, get over and Rossum or whoever else. Like um, but if you if you pick a very specific domain, uh and 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 you only ex- specialize in that. You not only have a better chance of reaching it but you also people can slot you in into their universe without competition because that's that's an existing white space Mm -hmm. so I like I like niches Um, be careful about being too niche the way that you prevent from being too niche is that uh, just be mindful of how many people share the same problems as as you solve so uh, as long as you know you can fill a room of like I don't know 50 people with, with that problem then you have a meetup that you can <laughs> that you can run and that's that's a good niche
0: so how do you find this out do you try to run a meetup and see how many people show up or there is a i i have actually specific. done that yes okay um, <laughs> what did but that is an easier uh spelt, okay uh, spelt it's a javascript it framework
1: is, yeah it is a javascript framework it is one of the newer ones compared to react and view um but it is and so, and it, and it is niche because it's a very, it's the smallest one out of the, the big four. Um, but it was just enough interest that I could start a meetup and, and now we have a global community of about 10,000 people. Um, but what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, you don't have to start a meetup. You can just pay attention to what people are talking about. Subscribe to your industry newsletters. Um, look out for industry conferences and look at the schedule of the talks. You don't even have to show up to the conference. You can just look at the schedule of the talk and understand what people are working on. Um, you can look on Hacker News and see what people are very interested in discussing, right? Like if, if there's like a new announcement and then there's not much engagement, then whatever. But like if there's like 500 comments of people going back and forth, that, that is a topic that gets people really excited. And if you can specialize in that, then you become an authority that people care about. So it's, it's, it's always this intersection. I call this like a nexus of interest. The things that you're, you're very interested in and things that other people are very interested in, you need to find that intersection. You can't just work on things that only you get mm-hmm. um, because nobody's gonna care. And don't be surprised that nobody cares. So uh, yeah.
0: Okay, so to find a niche, uh, you don't have to start a meetup, so you can subscribe to industry newsletters, uh, have a look at Twitter Hangout and Hacker News and Reddit, and then or also check YouTube podcasts, channel. exactly, uh, check conferences, so then you find a topic that um, people seem to be excited about. And you, I don't know, want to start writing, tweeting about this. So what, how do you market yourself? Like for marketing, we need to have some sort of marketing channel. So how do we, uh, we selected a topic. So how do we communicate that we know this topic?
1: How do you communicate that you know this topic? Well, when you start out, you actually don't, right? So you shouldn't Mm -hmm. try to be an overnight expert. I think a lot of people, when they view, learn in public and they view this marketing yourself movement, they see a lot of hucksters. They see a lot of scammers or grifters or whatever you call it. Uh, people who are not genuinely caring about the space and they're just there to try to market themselves and grow their following or whatever. Uh, so I definitely do not encourage anybody to do that. Be genuine, be be authentic and say like, I don't know anything about this space, but I'm learning and here's what I have so far. That's all you do. And you progress every single day a little bit better than you were the day before. People can follow along in your journey People can correct you if you're wrong, and eventually you will have been corrected of all the basic mistakes. And you will see, you look back, and you go like, "Okay, okay, I, I'm now an expert because I've made all the mistakes, or I've seen all the, I've asked all the questions, I've answered, I've answered a lot of other people's questions, and now I'm an ex- expert, but I've earned it. Mm-hmm. And you have to earn it. Um, you can't just say like, because I'm a very good marketer, I don't, I can skip all the other steps. Um, no, you have to earn it." Mm-hmm.
0: So basically, I guess for what you said, to try to learn in public and inform others about your progress and that could be like probably the best media for this is social media, like Twitter, LinkedIn. Social is um, very good. So, yeah, so I always think
1: about this. Social media is a borrowed platform. You're working on other people's platform to get more distribution. But at the end of the day, you do not own any of any part of it. Twitter can lock you out at any time. I've been locked up twice by Twitter. Um, people can cancel you. Uh, you can... Uh, suddenly lose relevance, um, whatever. Like the algorithm changes and your, your pages vanish from Google. These are all borrowed platforms. So the, the channel that you ultimately own is your, your own personal domain, your own personal mailing list, your own personal podcast. These are the things that I'm focusing on right now. Um, so you can start off with social media, but eventually try to link people back and grow your own platform. And someday, when your platform is big enough, then you can just go all in on that, and the social media becomes the extension of just like a hey new post, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> new talk. Um, and, uh, I think I think that's that's a fundamentally mm-hmm. uh, long-running way because all these platforms. There, there will be a day Twitter dies. There will be a day YouTube dies. Um, but probably the- somebody
0: bans you from Twitter, which is more likely yeah, yeah. to happen than Twitter dies.
1: But like probably the web, the open web, is going to last longer than any of
0: us. Yeah. So you said build the mailing list. So how do I go from a person who just picked a a topic and want to start uh, learning this this in public and then tweeting about this every day to actually having my own website with a mailing list there? Or should I have this right from the start? Or how does it work? How does the process work?
1: Um, I think, I don't think it hurts. It's not that hard, you know, if, especially for if developers going to have a static site. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: throw up a, throw up a blog. Uh, just don't expect anyone to, to go to your site because they don't know you. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as they start to, to know your work, then they'll start to visit your site. Um, you know, I, I took a long time to get up to something like uh, 50,000 developers a month. Um, and um, yeah, the other thing the other thing I think, I mean, so, so yes, like uh, you, can, you can start as early as possible uh, or you can just go only social and, and try to build, from, build your distribution from there and then, and then take it off those networks. Mm, yeah, I mean, that, that to me, that's not the issue. The issue is what are you writing about or speaking about and does it matter to other people? So I have an idea here called pick up what they put down because I think a lot of people when they start this public learning or content creation journey, They'll write what they want to to read. um, And and then they'll be very surprised that the reception isn't that great. I think there's a few factors. One is they just, they're new to it. So they don't have a lot of practice. Um, So don't expect that that great of a result. But second of all, they're not picking on something that they know somebody will want to read. They haven't invested that much in the interests of other people. They don't really know have a have a sense of what people uh, really want to hear. So um, I think having a conversation with somebody is really interesting. So this this idea of Pick Up What They Put Down is essentially like you have mentors, you have uh, leaders in the community who are putting out ideas all the time. By definition, they're too busy to uh, follow through on it on most of them. So they're always looking for partners and, and experts and mentees. Um, to, to follow up on, on the stuff that they do. So, so if they put out a new blog post, read it and like respond to it. If they put out a new demo, actually try out the code and report bugs. Um, if they put out a new book, go through and summarize it and, and promote it for them. Um, and these are all just interesting ways. And individually, you know, they may not work at all. They, they, you just might, might get ignored. But your chances of being noticed and responded to are way higher than the average like <laughs> I had a I had someone who was like I'm gonna start learning in public and the first thing that they wrote was like a guide to man pages in Linux, and like I don't I don't get up in the morning and go like I really need a guide to man pages in Linux right I don't so it's, it's not something somebody that I care maybe about. does somebody does yeah maybe right maybe but like I, I'm not gonna find them uh, and <laughs> you know the the chances are lower but if you wrote a response directly to a blog post that I just put out this morning, I I am going to read it, okay. Um, if there's what, a
0: what did you post today?
1: I just posted a blog post about Stripe. So I, <laughs> so Paul Graham, Paul Graham tweeted this uh, a few months ago, and I've been thinking about it. Uh, what if Stripe is the next Google? Right? Stripe is currently worth 100 billion dollars. Google is worth 1,500 billion dollars. So, what do you do? How do you position yourself if Stripe becomes the next Google? And you knew that for a fact. Uh, there's so much economic and career opportunity there. And nobody's thinking about it because we always think about where things are today and Google, you know, p- people try to optimize for Fang, but Stripe is an up-and-coming Fang. Actually it's better to tie yourself to an up-and-comer rather than something that's already at the top. Um, so like stuff like that. Um, so Paul, Paul's probably going to read my, my post because I directly uh, addressed him, um, but someone else, you know, if someone else responds to my post, I'll probably read that. And it's the same thing at a company level, right? Like, so part of the reason I got, Uh, noticed by Netlify is because I started using them and I started tweeting about them. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Every single startup, every single company has a Slack channel that is dedicated to people tweeting about their service because they want to know, they want to read, they want to respond. So if you want to guarantee yourself uh, being read by someone, criticize them, praise them, anything to do with them, because it becomes focused on their interests rather than yours. Um, and I'm not saying to do this all the time. You should obviously explore your own int- interests as well. I'm just saying if you want to guarantee feedback because people thrive on feedback, if you want to guarantee feedback, then think about what people are interested in and if people are usually interested in themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: So if, let's say, I'm just starting on Twitter and then I put out uh, 100 tweets and they just go to the void because nobody reads them. That can happen, right? Because you don't think you have any followers there. Oh. So you just tweet and it just...
1: Anyone, anyone who's interested, look at my own uh, tweets from like 2016, 2017. Nobody, <laughs> nobody responded. I don't know why I kept tweeting. <laughs> I should have given up.
0: <laughs> so the strategy to actually get noticed is to, like you said, pick it up where they, they put it down, did they say? Yeah, it's, it a, a, it's an American
1: saying, uh, so mm-hmm. I don't know how well it translates. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's an American saying, like uh, if other people are putting down something, like putting, uh, leaving something on the table for, for people to continue on and carry on with, most people just leave it, leave it there and they just go about their day or they ignore it or they say like, very nice, uh, I have my own things to do. But you, because you're interested in personal growth, you can pick it up and mm-hmm. carry on with it. And then you become a partner with them.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm wondering if a strategy for me to... Let's say if I want to market myself because I want to find a job, would the strategy be different if I'm a student or if I'm somebody who already has experience in a different domain want to transition to a new domain? Like, would my strategy be different in these cases?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, the students, students unfortunately don't have a ton to offer. Um, you know, because uh, a lot of times you're coming in with zero work experience. Um, so you can you can show how eager you are. You can show how uh, how much you're willing to invest in learning and being coached. For example, if if you do something and then and then people give you feedback, do you actually take that feedback and internalize it and come back with not only the feedback incorporated, but then the second order thinking about like, okay, what else does what what else does this line of thinking uh, lead me to do? You show your trajectory. Your, you show the slope of your growth rather than the absolute position of your growth. Um, whereas people who are transferring from another field, um, maybe that's, that's something that you can give in terms of equivalent exchange. So that's something that, uh, I, I also say about picking a domain, right? Like, uh, and we still, well, still on this topic of picking a domain, which is like, I have my domain, you have your domain together. We are actually better than if we both try to specialize in everything at once. Right. Like I, now that, now that I specialize in something and my friend has specialized in other things, I can always ping him whenever I need help on that thing. And that actually is a mutual exchange of value. Like, so, so whatever you have that is valuable to the other people, figure that out and offer it to them in exchange for mentoring, tutoring opportunities in, in their thing. So I'll give you one example. When I transitioned from finance to tech, I uh, actually took two years to do it. The first year, I was a non-technical product manager for a fint- fintech company. I turned from a customer of a, of a SaaS startup into a product manager. Um, And so I traded in my finance knowledge uh, for the opportunity to work in tech, to figure out um, how to work it, what the terminology is, um, and figure out where I should be (laughs) focusing my attention to. And then it took another year for me to learn how to code.
0: (laughs) How did you convince your uh, future employer back then to actually hire you to? Because I was a customer
1: expert. I was a customer. turn from customer to employee, um, and they needed someone who was a customer expert. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Because, uh, like, so this I, is, I
1: had, I had one domain expertise and I was mm-hmm. completely new to the other thing. So I traded in, traded that in as a mutual mm-hmm. exchange.
0: I think this is one of the most difficult, uh, parts is to show that, uh, okay, I have this experience. Let's say I'm transitioning from, uh, I don't know, quality assurance or maybe from even, uh, let's say, from academia. So I was doing a PhD, I was doing research, and now I want to go to development or data science. So this thing they have some overlap, but uh, no, it's uh, it's not that large, right? So how do... And then there is a company, and I want to say, hey, hire me, so let's have this mutual exchange. And then, mm, mm, we're not sure. So probably you should focus on a specific company in this case, right?
1: Yeah, that helps. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, uh, you know there, there are some people who brag about uh, they've like applied to four hundred companies, um, and it's just like spraying and praying. There's no way you're authentically interested in all four hundred of them. Uh, so I, mu- I much prefer the focused approach. Um, when I was you know applying for my first job, I applied to nine, and I got offers at three of them, mm-hmm. and that's fine. You that's know, a good at conversion. The the day, at the end of the day, you only need one job. Uh, Yeah, and your conversion goes up because you have more time to research these companies and be more intentional about, like, why you want to join, uh, what, uh, you know, what their processes are. You can actually research the the interview process. Yeah, there's just so much more that you can do when you focus. Mm -hmm.
0: So now, uh, since our topic is about promoting ourselves, um, uh, I'm wondering, there is, again, probably some difference between... uh, Let's say I'm changing the industry and I want to get the first job versus I'm already in that industry and I just want to change my job, right? So in this case, our strategy would probably be different. So how, in first case, let's say I'm switching uh, industry. So how do I promote myself in such a way that I'm noticed um, by the companies? Oh, well, So one way you said we can just... Uh, uh, apply to companies directly, so be very focused. Let's apply apply to nine companies and get three offers. Uh, But the other way is uh, to let everyone know about us and uh, wait till companies start to approach us, right? Should also be possible. So how do we uh, do this? So how do we uh, promote ourselves that this thing happens? Is it even possible? Because I think your face is a bit skeptical.
1: No, I just, I don't I don't feel like I get the question. Um,
0: yes. So the question is, I'm changing an industry, right? So I want yeah. to promote myself. So I want to go on Twitter. I want to go to some other social media and start tweeting about something. Let's say I have some domain because I, I work in, in physics and I want to go into data analytics. So here's my domain, data analytics, or JavaScript, doesn't matter. So we picked uh, this domain. And we want to get noticed. We want to get hired by somebody. So how do we do this? How do we, how our strategy should look like? So first of all, you said we learn in public. So we're working on something and we just tweet about this. Is it enough or we need to do something extra on top of that?
1: Um, You can always improve your chances. (laughs) You can, um, you know, do do informational interviews with uh, people like, you know, just hey I'm interested in, joining the company do you have 30 minutes to chat Um, a lot of people will say no but some people will say yes and you can talk to them about what it's like at the company and learn just just learn more about uh, how it's organized uh, what the mission is what the products uh, you know really really is under the hood anything that can help you in that in that understanding of the company so that you can get the job um there are other ways you know where for example, if you're a designer, this is very common. You can do an unsolicited redesign of the company's product, mm-hmm. right? Show off what you could do for the company uh, and explain your thinking. Even though, even if they may not use the ideas, they might use someone with that kind of motivation that you're putting in the work, even though you're not technically working at the company. You're just putting in the work as you enjoy it. Um, and you have strong some strong opinion about how the company should, should uh, function. And if they like it, they'll probably hire you.
0: Mm-hmm. should um, it be done there's... in public, or like, oh, yeah. oh, should, should yeah. they just tweet, "Hey, uh, Slack, here's my redesign," yeah. right? Yeah. So this is how it works, or
1: yeah, absolutely. That's very common for designers. Um, I think for for developers, you know, you're, you're It's a little bit less visible. Mm-hmm. So something you can do is uh, build a clone, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people build Slack clones or uh, Clubhouse clones or whatever. Um, and it just shows a level of understanding of like the engineering decisions behind such a product that you can often skip quite a few interview rounds because you've already done the work and uh, it just makes it just demonstrated your interest in the company that you're that you're joining Uh, I have one really good example but this is from from the marketing point of view Uh, go to nema4airbnb.com and this is uh, someone who works in, I think, product management or marketing, and she really wanted to work at Airbnb. So she created a mock Airbnb site that demonstrates what Airbnb is missing by missing out on uh, the Middle East, which is where she was from. So, and she just like right, went into detail about like how you know Airbnb could expand and and why she was the perfect person to be part of that uh, expansion. Um, ultimately, ultimately, uh, she went to a different company. But Airbnb at least interviewed her because of this, uh, <laughs> because he, because it went viral and got noticed. Um, but this this amount of dedication, like it's, it's pretty common. Like I think there's there's some other guy who also did like you know hire me Spotify and did like the whole site and just the Spotify theme, like to just really get and demonstrate that he understands the products and uh, the company's mission. And I think anyone you shouldn't do this for every company because it's very <laughs> it's a very high effort, but. It, you know when you're something when you're very interested in a company that's the kind of thing that uh, really gets you noticed
0: mm-hmm. yeah, um, i should also mention
1: uh you know some people just really struggle um being hired at the company uh is better than being unemployed for like more than a year um so uh, if you're not getting in in the front door let's say you're trying to go from like um uh, you know uh, non-technical to, to to engineer if you're not getting into the front door, it can often be easier to transfer laterally within the company. So join the company in a position that's not really what you want, uh, do well in that position, and then offer to do free work or, or make friends with the, the department that you actually want to join and then transfer internally after a year. Uh, this is very, very common because people just have weird hiring bars. Like when they hire you through the front door, they want you to pass all these weird tests. But when they hire their co- their colleagues, uh it's just more about do they like you or do they trust you that's it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and everything else can be taught
0: <laughs> yeah interesting it's uh, a nice uh, thing to do but i imagine it takes a lot of time to to build a spotify clone um let's say i work already i'm already experienced uh, and i want to find a new job in the same domain so in this case what do i share what do i write about no oh, uh, stuff that I do at work?
1: Well, you, you shouldn't disclose secrets, uh, mm-hmm. especially if it involves other people's work. Um, mm-hmm. Be very, very careful about that. And um, always, if, if in doubt, check with them. Um, but yeah, you can, you can publish just uh, you know, new things that are going on in your industry, uh, problems that you solved and, and overcame, uh, like war stories, like some, some production outage. It's always very interesting to people uh and then uh yeah i mean i i i, <laughs> I don't know because like this is to me i i never have a problem with this and people always ask me this and i'm just like there's so many questions and ideas out there that i cannot possibly cover all of them mm-hmm. just look out just open your eyes to what's out there and uh i i can listen to a podcast and come out with like two blog post ideas
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, so, so there's there's just so many things that are unanswered uh, and, or especially if, if you think like, I think a lot of people maybe they, they think like, oh, there's there's someone else who's already written this blog post on there. like I, There's nothing, there's no value that I can contribute. Um, there's still value in having your personal take on something that's already widely well known. Um, especially if it's referenced multiple times by you, uh, you can essentially write your own proxy of this idea. So let's say there's this idea of anti-fragile, right? That everyone really loves by uh, Nassim Taleb. Uh, and he's written the authoritative book on it. But instead of re- linking to that book on Amazon, you could link to your summary of that book and on your perspe- on your personal perspective, any stories that you might have uh, had that, that relate to this, or like you know your 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 idea on like what people don't what people think they understand about anti-fragile, but really they should be thinking about this other thing. These are all nuances that you could just do by writing your own proxy of some bigger idea. And yeah, just so just because you know an authoritative link on something exists doesn't mean that you can't write about it.
0: Okay, so let me go uh, back and try summarize to summarize it from the, the very beginning. So first, we hang uh, out on Hacker News, Reddit, or whatever, see what people are interested in. So pick a topic, then we start learning in public, right? So we learn this uh, about this topic, and we tweet about this every day um so we start understanding it well enough then eventually we get hired start working in this area and while working we can continue doing this exploring different things and then if there is a new book maybe we can just summarize this book and put it out there so basically keeping up with uh public presence right learning yeah, public industry even. trends yeah anything um, that you
1: you yourself would have found useful from like three months ago six months ago mm-hmm. like right for you, right for your own professional interests I think that will be shared by other people. Uh, Obviously keeping in mind what they want to hear as well. Mm Yeah,
0: because I imagine um, that if you do this, because when I do something like this, when I write something, then the thing I'm writing about it really gets into my head. So I remember this thing a lot better. Um, So like any concept. So if I just learned it, and then even if applied, maybe, yeah, okay, I know how to use it. But if i sit down and write about this publish a blog post then i remember about this thing So yes I guess this is another thing you probably talk about this in your book right oh yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's so it's nice especially if um you uh, have your own highlights from from a book or a blog post or something and you can just use go to google and type you know your your domain name and then and then that search search word mm-hmm. it gives you, you you basically use google as your own personal search engine for uh, your notes which is really helpful <laughs> especially when you're trying to look up something for, to reference people um, but yeah I mean one other thing I, I probably should have mentioned earlier is this idea of open source knowledge so we used to have encyclopedias where like Encyclopedia Britannica or like Microsoft Encarta they would hire thousands of editors and, and write this like 50 different books on like everything to know about on earth on uh, and then Wikipedia comes along with like a hundredth of their budget and, and just destroys all of them, right? And now Wikipedia is the only uh, encyclopedia anyone uses. Um, I think we should have a thousand different small Wikipedias um, on, on every single topic. Um, and, you mean literal yeah,
0: Wikipedia, like MediaWiki, no, or can no, be any uh, blog?
1: Anything, anything that anyone can contribute. Crowdsource knowledge, right? That you curate because mm-hmm. uh, some amount of curation is, is necessary. Um, but yeah, just like Wikipedia has editors and uh, some kind of culture of contributing that anyone can come along and contribute. and You want the authoritative source of something. Um, open source knowledge is this idea that we should try to replicate that for anything that is uh, you know, complicated, that has, that has a reference that people need. Um, so I just, uh, so I personally did this um, when I was learning React and TypeScript. Uh, the React team uh, they had their own. Uh, typed JavaScript solution, so they were not interested in documenting TypeScript. The TypeScript team uh, was focused on being framework agnostic, so they were not going to document React. So I documented the intersection of React to TypeScript and TypeScript, and that cheat sheet, you know, now has like thirty thousand stars on GitHub, um, mm-hmm. and people contribute. You know, I've been taught React and TypeScript by people at Uber, Microsoft, Airbnb, whatever, um, but they've uh, they've also I've also taught them stuff. For, for free and they 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 know of me through that work so that's a little bit of marketing myself as well uh, but it is this idea of collaborative uh, knowledge gathering right I, I I just saw this today uh, where someone actually uh, compiled a reference list of uh, all the header tags in HTML and that that list also has thirty thousand stars and it, it's just pretty amazing like the the kind of things that people would just need to reference all the time if you just keep the list and you you let people contribute then that automatically becomes part of your personal brand and marketing uh, and it's just a really nice way to to grow because now learning is not uh, learning and blogging is very solo individual activity but if you can build a community around the thing that you're trying to learn that's even better you're going to learn much faster I call this the big L notation you know how like big O notation you have like the scaling factors Uh, people have different scaling factors around their learning as well and if you learn with other people then you learn at a rate of uh, L of n times P. And <laughs> I and have this. I have a whole blog post about big L, but uh, there's 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 a theory behind this, which which I really
0: like. And someone saw this link. Yeah, someone, yeah, think, uh, someone really
1: liked, commented on this. Yes,
0: exactly. I also wanted to talk to you a bit about uh, internal marketing, so not marketing uh-huh. for the outside world, but also internally the company. And I think for promotions, it can be even more important than uh, promoting. Outside, so promotion. Prom- I mean, marketing inside rather than marketing outside. So, what is uh, what is the best way of doing this? Uh, do you have any any recommendations? How can we promote ourselves, market ourselves within the company?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is a really important topic as well. Um, uh, and in fact, probably probably most relevant because no matter what, you have to promote yourself internally. The, the main advice here is to have a brag document, which is an mm-hmm. idea that I got from Julia Evans of uh, Stripe at the time. Um, and a brag document is a one-page, two-page summary of the things that you do well, uh, that, you, that you've accomplished at the company, and just to have it ready at all times. Um, because it helps your manager to advocate for you. Um, and whenever like you meet someone in senior management and they need to know what you've done, uh, you can just share the document with them or or verbally say it you don't have to give them the document you can actually just say it and and, and having your accomplishments in front of you it it also helps to serve as like a motivational pickup like sometimes when you have a bad day you can just go back and go like oh yeah actually I have (laughs) some value at this company Um, or uh, or, yeah you you know you can also uh, essentially make it easy for other people to be your advocate right Um, so that when even when you're not in the room Oh, well, this is this is something that people say, like personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room, right? So if you have a strong personal brand, then you make it easy for people to say the same things, uh, for, for people to say your top accomplishments uh, and become your advocates. So I think that's that's pretty important. Um, one simple way that engineers can actually do this uh, or or do personal marketing is within the company is to take advantage of demos and stand-ups. Um, when people... Approach stand-ups They usually approach it from a very routine point of view, like ah, oh, like here yeah, we have to go stand up again, and I'll say my thing, and then I'll be I'll pretend to be interested while other people say their thing. Uh, if you turn into an enjoying enjoying, um, sorry, like a enjoyable experience, where you celebrate the accomplishment uh, and you actually share the accomplishments of others with the rest of your company, then you're seen as a source of positive energy in in your in your team, um, and yeah, you, you're you're you know, when, when people, uh, most companies have like a demo day or like a sprint showcase or like a hackathon and most people don't volunteer. Uh, but if you take that opportunity to volunteer, you get to put your work and your team's work in front of the rest of the company and people know you better. Uh, and that may seem like not very much, but when, when, when people need you, they need someone from your department, they'll think of you first. And it's always about, <laughs> marketing is a lot about getting to be first of people's minds because you provided some value in the past or you like strongly associated yourself with some problem that people need. Um, these are all valuable things within a company. Mm-hmm.
0: So have a brag document, which is a one, two page summary, then uh, do demos every time it's possible and then uh, network with people, right? So share knowledge with them, uh, talk to them, mentor them, help them, right? Uh, yeah,
1: there's a uh, there's more than that. Uh, so you can also do a signature initiative.
0: <laughs> this what's is that? A
1: signature initiative.
0: Signature initiative.
1: Yeah, this is a term that uh, that I picked up at AWS. I don't know what other companies have it. Uh, but essentially, like a big project that you you hit you hit on your own, mm-hmm. um, that you're known for. That like people like you know have some success in the project, and and they, and they see that it basically gives you a chance for you to. To, celebrate, to, to win uh, outside of your team, to show it some individual accomplishment and leadership. Um, so one example I can give you is a, a friend of mine, Matthew Gersman, uh, he works at Dropbox as a front-end engineer. Uh, and he's just like a thousand other front-end engineers within the company, uh, but he decided to start a JavaScript guild in his free time within the company where he just sends an internal newsletter, uh, keeping people informed of the, the latest development in JavaScript. Very routine, nothing special. But you know, because it involves JavaScript and it involves people that people things that uh, people discuss internally at work, it became a small little community within Dropbox, and then it be- evolved into an internal conference where they everyone flew together and uh, had a whole day where they discussed company specific issues on uh, internally within JavaScript. Um, and he became sort of the JavaScript domain expert within Dropbox. It's a huge deal, huge deal. Uh, it's nothing to do with his team. He just created an initiative, and then management supported him by giving him some funding and some space to do that. Um, and yeah, there's so, there's so many opportunities to do that. You know, it's 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 a really crazy. Uh, wide open space because people don't really take initiative at work. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of people are just like sitting back and telling, waiting for people to tell them what to do. If you find an opportunity and, and take a, take leadership of it, people will give you more responsibility because they're always looking for someone who can take that responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'll give you another one. Zach Argyle uh, used to work at Pinterest, um, and he was a really, real believer in the opportunity for progressive web apps at Pinterest. Um, so at a hackathon, he actually he was, he was actually trying to promote PWAs within Pinterest for a long time, but actually took a hackathon where he was presenting directly to the company CEO, Ben Silverman, where he built a, a PWA clone of Pinterest in two, in two days and showed that the metrics were way better and it was going to be a very good uh, positive performance for, for Pinterest. And now uh, Pinterest, is the, the full web app is, is a PWA and it's because of him. Um, and uh, yeah, that kind of initiative, no one asks you to do it, but you just really believe that it's good for the company. Uh, it turns out it will be probably good for your career as well.
0: So we can do everything we discussed in the first uh, uh, part of this interview, right? Marketing ourselves, promoting ourselves to the outside world. We can do the same thing, but inside the company, right? So oh, we yes. can just start. Uh, newsletter inside the company. So in this case, our audience would be just the, uh, the company. So Hello they, yeah, and then you become known for this thing inside the company, right? So it's interesting, I never thought about, uh, so there's this, uh, how to put it, uh, like you can basically use the same tricks inside as you would use outside.
1: Yeah, it's basically the same thing, except it's a smaller audience. So uh, people, you. it's good and bad. Good in the sense that people have to listen to you because they, they work with you. So, <laughs> so don't don't, don't it think <laughs> uh, it's bad when you are overly self promotional, right? Oh, okay. Uh, then then they'll have a negative opinion of you and mm-hmm. not
0: Okay. You.
1: But if you're actually trying to provide just genuinely like hey like uh, uh, try to provide a service or like do something beneficial for the company, people will generally back you. So yeah, uh, and it's less competition because you know you're you're just you're just within your company, and you can talk about more specific things and problems that your company has that other people outside one are not, gonna, not going to know, or you cannot talk about it because it's a company secret or something, right? So there's just so much space that you have within work to learn in public as well that I think, think people don't appreciate how effective that is. And ultimately, you know, what I'm trying to do here is create a path for people to market themselves without being a celebrity, right? This is all about, are you just getting recognized for the skills that you have and the, the interests and opportunities that you deserve and uh yeah i mean there's there's so much things that you could be doing uh that, that, that don't involve being uh, internet famous or anything like that
0: mm-hmm. do you have any last marketing tips you want to share with us marketing hacks
1: mm-hmm. um speaking a lot of people don't speak uh and uh you could probably have something to say and then doing talks and and the work involved in, in making a talk actually is, is, is half of the battle. And once you've done the talk, you can send it around. And I think uh, people who are established speakers not only do well by like, you know, showing leadership as a, as a speaker in that in that domain, but whenever you interview, that's speaking as well. When, <laughs> it, uh, so you should practice that as much as possible when you don't need it, uh, so that when you do need it, you have some experience at organizing your thoughts and responding to questions. I don't think I'm the best at it um, because I see I'm a lot <laughs> and I sometimes lose track of what people are saying, but at least I have more of an organized thinking about this because I've written about this, these topics and I have a fair amount of experience now and doing podcasts and speaking. So I highly recommend people do that because when the time comes and you need it, you, if you don't have the practice, don't expect to do very well.
0: Okay, yeah. Anything else? That's it. Okay. Yeah, there,
1: there's more uh, There's more marketing hacks. So these are all like big picture strategy things, but there's specific recommendations that I end the blog post with. So if anyone wants to check out the blog post, uh, they can check it out on my site.
0: Uh, yes, so or yeah. it's swix.io, is it correct? Yeah. And then people can find you on Twitter, somewhere else?
1: Uh, those are the main channels right now. hmm Okay. I have a newsletter uh, but it's on my site so
0: yeah so subscribe to newsletter right yeah, so yeah. then it's a,
1: it's a it's a work update for me and then I feature like the top three or four reads that I have every week with a, with a little summary um, and hopefully it's interest people like it's a it's been it's been doing pretty well so uh, I like that I just don't pick a domain right now which is pretty funny apart from the learning public and career advice thing I don't have anything else I, I have JavaScript so I have so
0: yeah, that's, uh, that's probably enough because uh, this is what a lot uh, of people recognize, uh, know you for. Yeah, exactly. That's it's weird uh... because
1: I, I, I don't want to do this forever. Uh,
0: <laughs> but, uh, too late. <laughs> it,
1: it's, it's done very well. And I, I always get uh, invitations to, to speak on these things. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to do it because I, it's really changed my own life. And I, I think it will change the, other people's as well.
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing all these stories and your experience with us. And uh, I hope it motivated uh, uh, everyone who is listening to this. And uh, oh, yeah. one more thing. my, those yes, those, please. All,
1: those <laughs> on the data talks. You know, club has a site, uh, and yes. we and my book is book of the week. So if you want some uh, discounts, uh, I think it's forty percent off. You can just yes. head to the site and. Uh, I get it,
0: <laughs> yeah. So there is actually like if you go to our website, so there is at the uh, um, there is a header, there is a link in the header says book that says books. So you yes. click on that book, then find uh, the book, go there, and then there is a link. You just click on that link, and this, the discount is applied automatically. Yes. So because we have this uh, magic link with a discount code embedded in this, so, yeah, so wonders of the internet, right?
1: I, I had to call <laughs> that. My- basically because I, I don't like it whenever I buy something and then there's a coupon code there and I don't have a coupon. Uh, so it's
0: very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you coded the whole thing yourself?
1: Yeah. Cool.
0: Did I mean, you do this in not, public? It's not
1: that hard, it's, it's just, it's just front-end. Yeah, the, the source code is linked on the, on the okay, page. Itself. Of
0: course, like I would expect nothing less from you, right? <laughs> 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 okay, do you have anything else uh, to say no, before it. I try to conclude it? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, th- th- this is fun, this is fun. I don't get to talk about uh, the marketing chapter enough, but uh, you know, th- there's, there's so much to career development and I always want uh, to invite people to have a discussion about this because we don't talk about it enough. We always talk about code. We should talk about the others, not the 75% of other engineering ladder criteria that is not technical.
0: 75%? Yeah,
1: I studied uh, 30 different career ladders out there and uh, most of them, even CircleCI, which is one of the most technical companies on earth, uh, you, they'll, they'll, they'll talk about communication, your, your understanding of business impact, you know, stuff like that. That's nothing to do with code.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's yeah, what the book is like. Yeah.
0: Well, oh, go check uh, the book. Yeah. So that's the last thing I want to say today. And of Thank course, you. I want to wish everyone a great weekend. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining. Thank yeah. Goodbye.